In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the poor performance against Roma, the upcoming match against Cagliari, this week's Frog, Moji and Moratti, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro il 3-0. Andiamo il principe, entra in aria, è solo, il tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol! Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! È lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti. La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo, campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi! Benvenuti, bentornati, uh, new week and a new episode of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, free from allergies, at least by the sound of it, so you don't have to listen to me sniveling. However, free from allergies, but full of rage after the horrific performance yesterday against Roma. And with me today to commiserate, I'm joined by our very own uh, preview, uh, uh, preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. How are you? Hey everyone, I'm very well, thanks. Uh, all things considered, uh, very good. I'm very bitter today, so I hope you brought your bitter, this reformed pessimist stuff. I hope you forgot that at work or something, because I'm, I'm, I'm really annoyed and I, there's so much I want to go through and hear what you guys think. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, I'm also joined by the president of April Summer's Canadian fan club, Mr. McAuliffe. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> I hope your wife doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I listen to it with my daughter, though. She's going to ask, it's April Summers, and then... It's Daddy's friend. It's Daddy's friend. <laughs> <laughs> but last night was uh, dark and full of terrors. Uh, Rajan Nangolan stalked my dreams last night. You were, you were right, uh, Nima, completely right. He was the danger, man. He's the world's best midfielder. Right, but before we get into that, uh, I just want to introduce our guest who was also with us last week, CalciaMercato.com and ESPNFC's interblogger, Mr. Eduardo Del Monte. Welcome back. Ciao a tutti and thanks again for having me once more. It's a real privilege. That's great to have you. Right, let's get into it. First of all, what the fuck happened yesterday? <laughs> I, mean, we were, I mean, it was over before it started. That's how I feel. When I'm looking back, and, I'm, and, and I know you said you looked at the game uh, early, uh, again uh, this morning. I looked at it again immediately afterwards when, I'd, you know, when the post-match coverage was finished at Semprinta to, to kind of see if I was overreacting or if I, you know, I was too tense and, and had understood everything differently. But inter- this, this game was over from the first minute. Pioli got the tactics completely wrong, and he seemed completely in, in a, unable to do anything about it. I mean, if we start there, do you, I mean, Eduardo, do you agree with that? Do you, do you, how did you, what did you think when you saw this? What were your thoughts? It's hard to disagree with that, to be very honest, because it was a complete mess. It was a 3-6-1, which you can understand why he used it, but as you said, uh, I can't remember, actually, there were a couple of people who on Twitter said, at half-time, the minute the teams came out of a dressing room, and they were like, oh, nothing's changed. We're completely, we're finished, we're sunk. And yeah, because we keep 
praising Pioli for making changes, and he brings on Eder, who was frankly useless in my opinion, and didn't change the formation, and he had two wingers who obviously ran out of steam, and oh, so many things went wrong, like, oh, so having Gagliardini chasing Nyingalan on the left, why? Why? Nyingalan wasn't even running on that, do you remember, like, do you remember when... Um, Milan scored on that counter in the derby, yeah. and people were indicating how Condogbia stopped running. And I get the feeling that it wasn't even his job to go get it. Well, here, Nyingalan wasn't running on the second goal, and he still had all the time in the world to beat Medell and score. That was kind of when I went, okay, I'm switching. I, I was so tempted to switch off. It was infuriating. Uh, yeah. Mo, what, 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 I mean, Mo, what, what do you think? I mean, how, 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 what, what are your thoughts? I mean, what were you thinking yesterday? Because... Because I was, I was, you know, I'm happy that, you know, I, I, there's a reason why I watch these games alone and at home when <laughs> no one else is around. Because if someone else was, would be around me, they, they probably, I'd probably be locked yeah. up. How are you yeah, watching no, no. this? I mean, how, what, 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 what were your thoughts? So, so I think um, I, I wasn't, I'm not as uh, gloomy as you guys. Uh, I think he definitely, as, as many times, he, uh, he didn't come out with the right setup from the beginning. I think, for me, you guys talked about Gagliardini and, and, and uh, tracking with uh, Nangolan. I also thought that um, it was highlighted best with Bozovic. He, he, oh. You couldn't really tell what, what his function was. It's oh. not his fault. He, Don't he get me just, started about Brozovic. He, he was stuck in no man's land. He had no real job. Like, Why what was he did doing? he play 59 minutes? He was... He was yeah. as useless as tits on a bull yesterday. He had no I think business on the pitch yesterday. I, I, I don't think it's as much his, his... I mean, sure, he had an off night, but it was compounded by the fact that... He, like, Pioli has, managed, has always managed to transfer, transmit to the guys what his thoughts were for the game and what his idea was and how he wanted them to play at every single minute. And I, just don't, I don't think that happened yesterday in the first half. So, so this is this is what I feel like. The first half was a write-off, and we're lucky to have come out to just one nil. I honestly think the second half, the first eleven minutes of the second half, the boys at least meant, like mentally were were up for it. And then that goal, and that goal. I mean, all right. So sure, it's a wonder goal. Sure, Nangolan had maybe what sixty yards, forty yards to run through un, uh, unchallenged uh, from his third. Uh, all the way to our third, but it was a foul on Gagliardini, you know, A, and B, this is why Handanovic gets criticized. This was a very savable role. The first goal, he has, yeah, absolutely, man. It came across him. It was low. It didn't get, it didn't hit the top corner. He was out. He was, he was, I can't remember, maybe on the six yard line or maybe just a, just a few, a few steps ahead of it. I can't remember, but I mean, Let's not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming Handanovic, but I'm saying it's well within his capabilities. He's saved far, far, far more difficult goals. I just think that this guy has a problem with balls that, that, that get shot across him. Whether, whether they're low balls and he's flat-footed on, 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 the cross, on the cross foot, or when they come across him across the goal. He just has a problem with these shots. So, we, so I think the second goal was, was a, a, a limited failure of, of two things. Tagliavento and not calling the foul on, uh, on Gagliardini, which was a clear shove in the back. And then B, you know, Handanovic, not to say that he's at fault, but we should, we, we would, I think we'd expect him to be able to at least reach this ball and, 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 and parry it away. 
And then, you know, all hell broke loose after that. You know, heads dropped, blah, blah, blah. But credit to the boys, 80th minute, Icardi comes and scores, and we're set up for a grandstand finish. Then everyone knew, you know, we, we all know what happened then uh, afterwards with that, with that penalty. But, but I, I honestly think that the second half was a very different match to the first. And while, while we, we can't blame anyone but, but ourselves for, for the performance and the result, it's not as bad as, you know, well, Roma I'll, are better. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, yes, Roma are better, and that's absolutely true. But the difference is, and this is, this is the thing, this is what I wanted to, this is what pissed me off and drove me absolutely crazy. And it's the fact that this is the best squad we've had in six years, since 2010, 2011. This is the best inter-team we've had. Ever since then, it's been, it's been Schelotto and Jonathan. Finally, yeah. we have a good team. Now, and, but despite that, we've still, these past two, three years, we've done pretty okay against Roma because we've had a coach who knows how to tactically, you know, set the team up mentally, tactically, position-wise, the game plan, and run circles around uh, uh, Spalletti. That's what Mancini did. And then we, yeah. now we have a team that is so much better than we have had in almost, a, a, you know, in, half a, in a half a decade and we end up playing there looking like headless, scared chickens. And, and that pisses me off. And that's entirely Pioli's to blame. I mean, I think, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we got, I think we should, we, should, we should keep it real. We, we, we praise him for his ability to change matches against lower side teams. Yesterday proved to me beyond all reasonable doubt, because I added that to the pile of Napoli and Juventus. And to me, this simply proves Stefano Pioli is a maximum, medium-sized club coach. He cannot, is completely unable to prepare for big team matchups, and he's completely unca- incapable of changing how a match looks when faced with a top team manager, because he, he looked completely hapless and clueless on the sidelines. No change was made for 45 minutes, and we were lucky not to be 2-3-0 down by first half. I mean, the way they attacked Roma, the way they just completely marked Inter out, he, I mean, Spalletti looked like Mourinho, and, and I don't know, and, and Ferguson. Spalletti! This is a guy who Mancini runs circles around with, a shit, with shit players. But yet, Piolik was unable to. And then the fact that Brozovic played for an hour. What the hell was Brozovic? I mean, there's so much that frustrated me and pissed me off and just about yesterday. And, and, and what I fear that we were exposed the most was that we're mentally and our coach, tactically, we're not ready for the Champions League. Can you just imagine what Ancelotti with Bayern Munich would have done against Inter? It would have been 10 nil by four, after 45 minutes against that Pioli setup. Well, yeah, so, I, 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 again, I'd like to, sorry, uh, Go for it. jump in. Uh, yeah, but just a quick thought. I, I think that, you know, uh, you, 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 can't, you can't judge, like, uh, judge a coach's progression with just 90 minutes of a screw-up. Uh, I, I think that... Juventus. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, Napoli and Juventus happened, what, second, third, yeah, you forget Juve, but the Napoli game was the second, third game, I can't remember, but mm. um, uh, I think that we, we, it'll be unfair to judge him on, on, on the 90 minutes. They've been doing well, and he tried to impose his 
style of play on Roma where clearly the players, him and the players and the project was not ready for that. Had, had, you know, had he faced, let's say, Ancelotti's Bayern where he, he clearly knew he was the underdog, he probably would have set the team up mentally and tactically differently. And, you know, so, so had, had Pioli gone into this game thinking that he's the under, underdog and played to counter, uh, Spalletti and not to try and impose his style of play, maybe things would have been different. But I, I, I always have to respect the coach for, for having an idea and trying to get it to work. It's the risk they take. And that's why it's their, it's their job and reputation on the line. And he, he actually took, I mean, he took a risk. He took, he tried to impose his, his style of play and it, it just didn't work. And, you know, dust yourself off and uh, onto Cagliari. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Um, I don't know. For me, it was a bigger thing because yesterday was, 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 was for me the chance to send a message. Atalanta had beaten Agreed. Napoli. Agreed. You know, and, and, he, and, he, and it's not the fact that, as I said, we, it's one thing to lose, but it's one thing to wipe the floor with you. Because these, and that's what happened yesterday. I feel that Roma wiped the floor with Inter yesterday for the first 65, 70 minutes. I don't know, Max, jump in here. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not ready to write Pioli off yet. He got it completely wrong. I agree with you, Nima, completely, completely wrong. When the starting lineups came out and I saw that we Inter were starting with a three-man defense, I, uh, I panicked. Us four, the four of us last week talked about uh, we would probably concede two or three goals. And uh, that was no huge secret, uh, our defensive play has been lacking, and he runs out a three-man defense. That's how terrified he is of uh, Nagatomo or Ansaldi. Um, I don't blame yeah. him, but, I mean, Roma, Roma, <laughs> we talked about it. They've scored now three or more goals in each of their last five games. They're firing on, on all cylinders, and, and I agree. I, I thought we were very lucky to only be down uh, one nothing at halftime. Um Nangolam, like poor Gagliardini, the kid got ate up and chewed out and spit. Like, it was, and then, yeah, got, it was a moving performance. Got his, he yeah. got his ass handed back to him. Yeah, that's good, what I mean. Good. There was, there was no needed. That's what I mean. That mentally, this is the kind of thing yeah. where, where I feel that the coach, you know, that if you are a coach at Inter, you should be able to handle. It's one thing. Mourinho got some matches tactically wrong as well, but he did something. He showed something. He he changed things around. He made two changes. I remember against uh, his uh, his first season against Del Neri when we were three 0 down after thirty minutes against Atalanta away. He did two substitutions after thirty five minutes. He showed the team that this is not okay. Pioli looked completely hapless, and that's what scares the shit out of me, because it's not the first time that, he, that this has happened in big, big team uh, matchups. That's what I mean. Not that I want his head on a stick. Of course, I think he's done great. Right. I, and I was clamoring for a substitution in the first half as well, because that, that game could have got away from us real quick. But, I mean, our defensive warts, uh, Inter's defensive warts were exposed in, in that game, and uh, unfortunately, uh, and I'm writing about this in, in my article uh, for Semper Inter this week, I think this loss stings, this loss hurts a little more because I think in Teresi we're ready. We're ready to celebrate. We're ready to take that next step. We're ready to fight for that Champions League. Yeah, birth. I agree. And, and, agree. The, and then agree. the team, yeah, they just they just laid an egg in, the, <laughs> in front of, of uh, I mean, in the Posticopo. Is that how you pronounce it, Eduardo? I probably messed that up. My Italian's not... Uh, as oh, close. Uh, Posticipo. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, 
we were ready. We were, we thought we were ready to take the next step, but uh, I guess not. We got outclassed and outgunned. Yeah. Uh, might I also point out that uh, our uh, lucky uh, lucky mascot uh, Eric Tohir was Mustans yesterday, and he has no. to shoulder <laughs> some of the fucking blame for for okay. actually I'm, flying I'm, out to jinx this game. I, 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 you know, I, I'm I'm just about so because I've calmed down now. This is me calmed down. Okay, if you can just imagine how I sounded <laughs> yesterday. Okay. Eric Tohir's presidency, I tweeted this out, can be best summarized by the fact that he decided to buy Hernanes ahead of Nainggolan. When faced with the fact that he got to choose between those two, because Inter couldn't afford to buy both of them, he chose Hernanes over Nainggolan. That, to me, is when, when, we, when, we, when we summarize this idiot's presidency and his, his horrible reign at Inter, these five years of Mazzarri and Schelotto and, you know, and, and Jonathan and Nagatomo and, Ran, and Ranocchia and all, all that crap, for me, this is, this is the very essence of Tohir and why I think that this has been five wasted years with him running the club. It's the, 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 the complete inability and lack of competence when it comes to actual footballing matters, not when it comes to the business side of things, because when it comes to the business side of things, I think he's been second to none. I think his, his, you know, the way he's modernized Inter, got Inter's revenue stream over 200 million euros, you know, cut the, all that has been fantastic. He's, he's done brilliantly there. But when yeah. it comes to the actual footballing side of things, it, it, it's, been, it's been a disaster. It's been a complete and utter disaster. And I think the decision to go for Hernanes instead of Nain Golan is, is, is so, is so you know, it's such, it's such a demonstrative point that that guy then comes back, you know, grow, grow, you know, develops into probably the best midfielder in the world, if not the best and at least top three. And he rips Inter a new one time and time and time again. Because he's an Interista. He was dying to join the club. Yeah. Oh. I want to kill myself now, Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so what do you guys oh, think? God. Like, I mean, Pioli, in my opinion, salvaged a pretty pretty bleak situation. Like, in late October, I mean, we weren't even thinking Champions League. So do we keep him for another year? Do we give him an extension? Do we go after Simeone hard? Like, what do we do here, guys? Here's my Here's my two cents, and then I'm going to hand it over to you. Look. I think Pioli's been fantastic. I think he came in exactly as you say and saved, you know, he turned a sinking ship. He turned the Titanic into the Queen Mary, okay? There's no doubt about that. We were sinking without a trace. He turned all of that around. He got the team playing, got everyone performing, and the results, you know, his stats and results prove that. However, he, my criticism against him is, 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 the, is based on when he, that he doesn't have the competence to fight with the biggest top guns. Mancini does that. Uh, Mourinho does that. And Ancelotti does that. Even Zidane, apparently, has that competence. Pioli doesn't, doesn't <laughs> lack that. But whether or not we keep him, because at the end of the day, this is not a cup match. This, there's only three point, points on the line here. Against the lesser teams, he wins. I mean, he can tactically out, you know, um, outmaneuver them and thanks, to, and, as I, and as I said, we, we've paid, you know, we, we've 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 praised him so much in this show, and quite rightfully so, that when when it's not working against the Bologna, against the Genoa, against Sampdoria, against the Crotone, he can turn it around. 
and you you don't play as many good teams as you play you know you don't have as many big matches in the league as you do you know these so-called poorer teams or weaker teams so my here's my two cents if there is a chance to get Simeone this summer get him get him yesterday but if he doesn't want to come and it's looking complicated stick with Pioli without a shadow of a doubt what do you guys think well I guess I agree right. uh, completely uh, I agree like it, it, if not Simeone then no one then, then stick with Pioli but yeah that's it what do you think Eduardo yeah I agree with that and I'd go back to the decision that PSG made back in the day to get Ancelotti which didn't turn out to be successful but I still think it was the right decision to make because they had Kumuare and they decided let's go for someone flashy he's free Uh, Ancelotti would be another name obviously he said before on numerous occasions that he wouldn't coach Inter because of his past but with Simeone I would very much agree if you got somebody who had that kind of proven pedigree I would say this with Pioli Pioli is a little bit reminiscent of Mancini back in his day. The sudden tactical evolution. Mm. You know what I mean? Mancini, at the start in Inter, he couldn't win a big game to save his life. I, don't, so I think it took, him, it took him a bit to beat Juventus. I think it, was like his, it would have been his fourth game, if you count the Coppa Italia, if I'm not mistaken. That's it took true. him a bit longer to beat Milan. And Milan, too. Remember the Christmas tree formation that used to haunt us in the sleep? Oh, my God. Uh, of course, <laughs> the only guy who didn't like that was Berlusconi. Of course, <laughs> tactical genius that he is, he was like, oh, he's going to jocare con due punte. Two strikers. Are you serious? Oh, Your second striker was Jock Dal Thomason. Exactly. Go home. <laughs> just be quiet. Go home. You're drunk, Silvio. He needs yeah. to go back to his mausoleum and watch the game from there. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I, yeah. But it's true. It's, but the thing is, can we afford to have to groom another Mancini? Can we afford, if indeed Pioli is as good as he is, or better or worse, but can we afford to wait that long? Because if we're not going to have Champions League football, the answer is maybe yes. But if Simeone were to free up, I'd say go for him. Uh, he is just so good. He has done incredible things at Atletico. Uh, even though I am a big fan of Pioli's, you look back at Lazio, he couldn't win a big game to save his life either. In fact, his two seasons in charge there, he loses to Juve by the same score, and 2 0, 3 0, 3 0, 2 0. He never wins a derby, including the one where his team was 2 0 up. I mean, they let Totti sort of get Roma back into it. it it's a little. I still believe in the man. But something Lapo de Carlo wrote on F- FC Inter News, uh, I believe it was after the, after the Bologna win, maybe, actually. He said that Pioli's Inter wasn't beautiful. There was something more, how it was very efficient. It was very... Uh, he, he said it was a very sort of systematic approach. I think I kind of understand it in that he tries to put Perez and in mismatches. He knows that... They will dribble, they'll try a lot of things, but eventually it's going to work. Something will give. And there is a lot of chaff in this league. I'm actually quite disgusted sometimes because two, three years ago, I was actually positive about where the quality of the teams was going. Now, I'm honestly very alarmed because there are at least eight teams that I have a very low opinion of. And there's another four or five that have you know, enormously disappointed me, including Fiorentina and Torino, who are playing tonight. Uh, yeah, these are very beatable teams. Uh, I was wondering at one stage, Inter Milan over the uh, holidays had what I thought, or what many of us thought, was a very easy schedule. But I look at the rest of the season and I go, yeah, there are exceptions to this, but there are also loads of games that we just should be winning. So, uh, Pioli could be the man for that, sure. Uh, but 
So what do you think, Max? So should we, should we, do you think, I mean, back to what Eduardo asked, do you, do you think that we should groom Pioli? I mean, it, it all depends on Simeone, in my opinion. If Simeone is available, we have to snap him up. Um, there, there's, that's a no-brainer. But uh, again, like you said, if uh, the deal is going to be complicated, if he wants to, uh, I don't think he's going to stay at Atletico too, too much longer. But uh, I mean, I have to, let's see some more results and then make a decision on Pioli. Like the game against Napoli at home, I'm, I want to see that um, because uh, in the first game we lost three nothing. Um, I'm not ready to write him off. It was a disheartening loss. We just got beat by a better team, even though I think he got it completely wrong from the start. He didn't really give us a chance, and I think that's the part that stings as well. And he showed a lot yeah. of bravery. A lot of guys on Twitter have said that. He showed a lot of bravery in going for that lineup, which obviously now hindsight is twenty twenty. But I mean, he just tried to, and he did what he did against, um, you know, he did against Fiorentina, against Lazio. He tried to fight fire with fire. Was just like, right, let's have at them because our defense is rubbish. Uh, maybe that's not exactly the wording he would have used, but then again, if we had not... Well, without, without Miranda, Miranda, it's extra rubbish, huh? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Why the hell in Zeus's asshole would you play a three-man <laughs> when Miranda <laughs> is suspended? I mean, that's what I don't understand. I mean, it's like, did, were you, I mean, did somebody, I mean, who tumble-dried your incubator when you were newly born? I mean, what's wrong with you? you un, I mean, what's, anyone with half a brain can understand that when your most intelligent defender is not there, then why play with three central defenders? Sure, Nagatomo is not exactly fantastic, Ansaldi, whatever, D'Ambrosio, but then moving D'Ambrosio into the central of defense where he was awful, and then... And then I, I, thought, I thought D'Ambrosio was probably the most solid of the three. Come on. I agree with Mohamed on this one. You reckon? You reckon? Honestly. Yeah. He, he pissed it, me yeah. off. Salah had a quiet game, comparatively. Salah, yeah, Salah was not... Uh, he, he was nowhere. He owned him. He was he, he was physical like like on on, on the left uh, who was it who kept Nagolan kept eating uh, Murillo alive and Medel yeah. of course uh, you know uh, with Zeko was a mismatch from hell right. but uh, but that's another that was thing. why that was Edin Dzeko is like as tall as a palm tree <laughs> and Gary Medel is 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 a midget is a Smurf so of course you put the Smurf with the with the, with the yeah. giraffe I mean it's just and then Perisic as a full, as a wing back, it was oh my, it was it was I, just there was so I'd many. I'd like to come in on that with things. something even more alarming. Sorry if I interrupt no, you. Go I go I, go. I saw on one highlight. I believe uh, it was one of the chances that Roma blew in the second half, and it looked like Mourinho, and, uh, Mourinho, Murillo and Medel had gotten tangled up, and then I realised okay. it was actually because I think on set pieces. Maria was actually asked to go and mark Jekko and the two of them nearly bumped into each other and fell over. <laughs> Eventually the ball didn't go to the Bosnian, it went to someone else, but you thought that would have been <sighs> so difficult. Had that resulted in a goal, that would have been meme-worthy and I think it, it, it's kind of flown under the radar, luckily for us. Oh, so, are we regretting the fact that uh, we sent out Renaki on loan then? Because we couldn't... No way! <laughs> it would have been 5-0 yesterday, one of them was a Renaki own goal, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> because because Inter couldn't give uh, Skippy his debut against Roma and Andreoli, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Where so, was Trent? 
Yeah. No, but I think like the, the highlights of the game, like the, the, the highlights, the takeaways are like for me, like the, the optimist's takeaway from the game is we were beaten, like forget the third goal. We were beaten by two wonder goals. We had a clear penalty denied. denied. Uh, one of the wonder goals should not have been allowed anyway. Uh, I think had things gone our way uh, and, and, and the, the game had been a 1-0 on the 15th minute of the second half, I think we'd have easily come out of the game, you know, with a point, if not three. But oh, circumstances dictate the 90 oh. minutes and, and, yeah. I love you. I'm sorry to jump in and interrupt you. I wouldn't <laughs> use that, but this is terrifying uh-huh. for me. I mean, <laughs> look, I love you. You know that. But uh, what, you, what you just said there to me, if, 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 you know, there's a Hebrew, or I think it's a Yiddish saying that goes, if my grandmother had balls, she'd be my grandfather. <laughs> Honest to God, well, there's something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not. It's like if 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 Taliavento could have given. I mean, sure, all of that is true. The, the you know the the, the 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 penalty call. Okay, if you want to say that the Icardi one is dubious, fine, do that. But there is no discussion when it comes to that. No, the other the other one was a penalty. You know. There's no discussion there. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to discuss there. It's, it's, it's the most clear-cut penalty that you know you can ever see, uh, and so 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 and that would have changed the dynamics of the game because that would have you know I can't remember if that was before two one. he scored. Would have been yeah, two exactly. One. That would have been two one, and then if it, you know then we then it's game on. Uh, and also the Eder, the the middle one. I just got to say I, I got it completely wrong. It was a penalty. You can see it on the replay. Jekyll was first on the ball. Medel was a fraction of a second late, so he, he got yeah. it right. But but and and that's what pissed me off the most. And and a lot of people that I saw on Twitter were like, they were what they were pissed off about was not the fact that Jeko got a penalty. It's that Inter never get the penalty when it's their turn. That's in these big matches. That's what creates the frustration. That's what pisses everyone off. And that's what pissed me off. That when it's the other way around, they always miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We haven't had a penalty since November 6th. And what happened? <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Seriously. Um, what? That's, that's all you need to say. <laughs> did we get any clarification? Uh, or did you guys see anything regarding uh, Perisic when he headed the ball back to uh, the goalie? There? Yeah. I, I don't understand why. I, uh, so so I, I, looked up the, I looked up the rules, yeah. So there is a provision in uh, in uh, in the code that says that if the player is using some sort of I, I, like I'll I'll, uh, I'll paraphrase, but using trickery to go around the spirit of the of the rule, then the referee has discretion to uh, to award a free kick and to uh, to give a yellow card to caution the player for doing that. So if it's a blatant uh, way to go around the spirit of the rule to try and backpass by doing that, which is why Verratti got his yellow card in uh, in Liga a couple of weeks ago when he. I was uh, just going to say the Verratti one. The, he he got that. He, he got that as well. Yeah. So so it's it's basically considered unsportsmanly. Like you understand that the rule is there for this particular reason, but I don't think that. I mean, Verratti maybe was being cheeky and that was out of line. But what what Perisic did yesterday was, I feel. Very respectful, you know. He, he put himself at risk. He, he he kicked up the ball and headed back to. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, 
The crowd no. clapped. The San Stereo faithful were clapping. They they loved yeah. it. And then uh, the eventual pulls out the yellow card. And it doesn't surprise me that there's a rule that you have to head the ball back to your own goalkeeper in a certain way. Like uh, for me, that just sums up everything. But the, but the thing that again annoys the hell out of me is is this. There's this Swedish saying that you know when you translate it literally goes, you block mosquitoes but you swallow elephants. You know they miss clear cut like the most clear-cut penalty shout on Eder, yeah. but all yeah. of a sudden, the referee is turning to these neurotic you know, people who, who want to apply the letter of the law to a T without applying any sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know any, any sort of like, understanding of the game when it comes to being a little bit flexible. And that's what pissed me off. It's this lack of consistency that all of a sudden Perisic has to be booked and we have to give Roma. They're in, you know, that's sure that's within the realm of the law and there's nothing wrong with that. But then when it comes to the other way around, when it's a dubious situation or when it's within within the application of the rules, then everyone is blind and they make mistakes and oh, it's human it's human to err and divine to forgive. And it's just this kind of hypocrisy just drives me up the walls. Yeah. It's a double standard to say. It really is. Sorry, Eduardo. No, no, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, no, no, go, go, go. Sorry, I just sorry. think it's worse as well, is, is the problem as well as, I mean, we all work in media. I think it's how it's represented in the media, especially in Italy. I find it rather preoccupying. The fact that, for example, after Juventus, okay, those decisions were made, uh, you know, uh, no point complaining about it now, but I didn't like, A, that it was kind of like interesters were told not to talk about it. Oh, but, you know, we're ruining the image of Italy we're ruining, you know, the image of Calcio, and I couldn't help thinking of when Berlusconi used to say in, 90, in the early 90s that talking about the Mafia was ruining Made in Italy, which is quite ironic <laughs> because the Mafia is Made in Italy, and <laughs> us being told what to talk about is effectively omerta. We can talk about what exactly. we want, you know, go exactly. and get angry about someone talking about Benghazi or whatever, or Borghazi, if you're talking about American football. <laughs> you know, that's insanity. This is based on you know, this is reasonable doubt based on past trends and on a certain team's, you know, and the problem is a certain team's influence on the media as well because uh, every, this is all made to look like it's a war between Inter and Juventus and you, you're sort of going, it's not a war. Uh, Inter, Inter Channel pointed something out and Pioli complained a bit. The rest of the club kept comparatively quiet. It was mostly shots being taken at us from Juventus. Yeah. And you're sort yeah. of going, that's really not classy. I never want to hear anything about Stile Juve ever again after this, because it's like, well... And it's, again, it's not, you know, I think we deservedly lost that match. We most certainly deserved to lose this match as well. Absolutely. But it's how these things are portrayed in the media. You know, uh, Sconcerti said something unbelievably stupid the other day, and he's a great, you know, Sky, Republica, Gazetta analyst. And he said, that, oh, but Inter, you know, they had like... I think he was on the radio, actually. He said they had 260 penalties more than your average team or something like that. And I just went, well, how many of Juve, Milan and Roma had? Because if we want to talk about who gets more favours and blah, 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 I'm not shocked if Inter Milan are up there, historically speaking. I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. But there clearly is some sort of imbalance this game here, I don't know, you almost get the feeling that Inter Milan were punished for talking out loud and for the pañoladas, you know, for the waving exactly. of Exactly. I am a little concerned. Even though we were lucky against Bologna, but 
you know, we, we had a penalty that wasn't called on us, but you do get the, I don't know, it, it does make you think about Calciopoli. It makes you think about Modiopoli, that people were punished well, for talking out and people were, you know, you can't ignore these things. That's what no, I'm saying. Bologna, Bologna was outside the box, huh? Yeah, it was outside the box. Ah, okay. It was on uh, the line. So maybe. I just keep remember Mourinho's words when he said that there's that there were there were more than what just one party who were culprits in Calciopoli. He said you people were quiet. You knew what was going on, yet you said nothing. You're equally to blame for what happened. You know that famous quote: "With your silence, you justified the crime, the, the crimes that the, that were going on." Absolutely, and that's, exa- and that, that's what pisses me off. It's this kind of notion that the person who's pointing out. That the mafia, you know, not not the, you know, not, not that there's a mafia going on, but I'm saying just generally the idea that whoever points out that hello, the roof is on fire, he's the negative person, whilst the guy who, whilst the ostrich shoving his face in the sand, pretending that it's rosy, whilst the house is burning down, that's the good person, and it's like that kind of, it's such a logical discrepancy and stupidity that it just it just it goes beyond me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, like Eduardo said. Inter lost the game because they were outclassed on the field. I think we can all agree on that. Completely so. But, Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But remember against Juventus, Icardi getting taken out at the ankle right in front of the referee at the goal line. No no and penalty called. Well, I'm not arguing. Way. Yeah, I'm not arguing that Medell, uh, that wasn't a penalty because it was uh, on Sunday. But what's the difference between that tackle uh, and Manjukic's uh, on Icardi? It's the consistency that grinds my gears. You're going to give Perisic a yellow card for, I thought, what was ingenuity, but you're not going to give a yellow card for Bruno Perez jumping up in the air and hitting the ball with his hand? Exactly. Did you guys see that in the first half? I could not believe it. That's when I started getting a little, I started yelling there. And then Juan Jesus did the same thing in the second half. Uh, Cross that was a little high, stopped it with his hand. No yellow card. It's just that little stuff. And it keeps on happening. And then doubt starts to creep in because of past history and things of that nature. And it's like, are we ever going to get a penalty shot again? Like, Eder, I thought his ankle was broken. Like, he, yeah, <laughs> that, that's it, clear it, cut. It, it, it does, it. like Nima said, it, on, on what planet is that not a penalty? <laughs> yeah. In a, Italy, it, it, in the planet it's of... flipping <laughs> off the sword almost. He tries to kick his leg off. He just goes <laughs> in and we, have, and we have to take the high road as in Trista and say, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't deserve to... Roma deserved to win the game and uh, they deserved it and we got outplayed... But how many fucking games that have Roma and Juve and Napoli and Milan won that they didn't deserve? You know, ah. how many? You know, we, we never win games that we don't deserve. We have to earn every fucking three points that we <laughs> that we get. You know, that's what's annoying. We never get. You know, it's not like oh, yeah, we want we, favors, we. but in, you know, luck never. Oddly enough, luck never never favors us somehow. You know, it's I have to kind of agree and disagree with you on that one. Uh, I'm agreeing in the sense of I've gone back and looked at. I've gone back and looked at refereeing decisions, especially Calcio Mercato, but they're not the only website. There's plenty who do this, um, who do the sort of refereeing favours table, and they will try and work out, evaluate according to their metrics, how many points, how many decisions have gone in your favour or not. Inter Milan generally don't seem to be in the plus column, as in points gained or uh, favours received. Juventus always seem to be up there at the top, if not necessarily, but a lot of this, all this stuff evens out. I think it's like, uh, yeah, true to an extent, but it doesn't even out. Uh, Juventus can be the victims of something, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be the victims of it all the time. Roma this season, I'm a little bit 
and this is where I disagree because they they have been a bit more clinical. They've been a bit more cynical about things. Roma in the past would come to us and either blow us out by playing better football, as they did, but sometimes they would lose still playing better football, but they just wouldn't be able to sort of con- sort of you know finish. Today, well, sorry, today, Sunday with Spalletti, you suddenly see a team that was much more mean. They took their chances. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. though statistically, is Nyingaland going to score those goals regularly? Maybe not, but they also had chances they blew. Jekyll was a little bit... Well, he was a much better assist man than he ever was a, a finisher. See, what, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go finish, finish. No, 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 no. That's pretty much it. That Roma no. have also been more clinical this season. Like, they've won games against Udinese, for example, Cagliari 1-0, but they did play very well. But they have had quite a few... Pe- is it, what, how many penalties now? Is it 9, 10? Something like that? I'm just... I'm just when you said that, I was just reminded of what Pioli said post match that which 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 really infuriated me when he goes and says that we 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 controlled their attackers, they didn't create that many chances. And I was thinking, were you smoking crack down there? Because the, the first 45 minutes what are you talking about? It was closer to three, two, three, four nil than every time Roma attacked. It felt like they were at least one more man on the pitch, and that was down to his tactical decisions. I mean, and that's what scares me. It's one thing if a, if if a manager, you know, goes out there like and says we 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 lost fair and square, blah blah blah. They were better than us, fine. But when you go out there and said say that they were, the only difference between us and them was that they were more cynical. We contained their attackers in a game where I had my, where, where, where everyone watching it who support Inter had their heart up their, up their eyeballs because they were so scared. I'm, I'm wondering, what are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> and that's what scares me. Have we, have we got another Mazzari on the bench who's completely blind and oblivious to what's staring him in the face? You know, that's what, that's what scares me, and that's the essence of what pissed me off the most about him and, and the match yesterday, is that it's, you know, I understand that it's his pride and, and, and honor and all that crap. I understand that. But at the, at the end of the day, what you say after, that, after a bad defeat like that is so indicative and so important for how the mentality of the team and the club and the supporters is when going forward. And I thought Pioli just got it wrong from the first minute, from starting 11, all the way to the uh, post-match interviews he did. He just got everything wrong. Yeah, very much so. Would you think he was less graceful than, say, a Conte would be, for example? Well, you see, there's a difference. With Conte and Mourinho and Ferguson, they would somehow switch it around to be about something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> True that. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. That's the difference. Even an Ancelotti, it wouldn't be this high. It wouldn't sting as much. It would be different. He would go out there and say, we got it wrong. Everyone, I got it wrong. The players got it wrong. We lost. They won fair and square. Finished. You know what I mean? There's a difference between that and going, no, I think we did pretty well. They were just <laughs> I mean, it's like, True. what? No. It's, it's like Baghdad Bob syndrome. Stop that. We will kill the Americans. We have, we'll be defeating the Americans, and the Americans are standing behind <laughs> us. Back. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. Stop with the lies. Can we not uh, talk about killing Americans with an Egyptian on the podcast, please? I want to get people. Oh, oh my. And someone of the in origin sorry, and sorry, two sorry, Italians. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And Nima's already on some sort of blacklist, but the rest of, 
the rest of us three, we uh, we plan on uh, yeah. So. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But right, I think we won nine of our last eleven games with yeah, two losses true. against Roma and Juventus, and I think nine that's eleven where games. Inter are, are at right. You're, yeah, you are what your record says, and I mean it'd be that's nice true. to 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 make that jump into the upper echelons of Syria, but. I mean, obviously, Inter just not ready to make that step yet. And let's be honest, although the second position is out of bounds, we can't really say that, you know, it would be unfair, very unfair to say that Champions League is long gone because we do have a direct encounter against Napoli. And, you know, there's, I mean, it was like 13 games left. Six points in 13 games is not impossible. And given how Inter perform against the lesser teams, if they can continue going on these winning streaks... We can lose against Napoli and still qualify for the Champions League. So let, let's keep it, you know, it's just that uh, uh, there was just so many things yesterday that I feel that we need to voice that, that were bothering me uh, by the players, the, the team. And I thought Auxilio, I don't know if you guys noticed it, what he said before the match when he said Auxilio surprised us too with his lineup, but we're behind him. I think that was... Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed that. No. But that is, you know, that that is a very clear mark to Pioli, saying that okay, you're on dangerous waters here, dude. You're treading on very thin ice. This, you know, and I think that's a very, and, and I think he he did it eloquently and elegantly because that was a very clear, you know, mark to him that look, you better get this right, and if you don't get it right, well. And, and, I, and I think it was, that was very clever of him to do that because he, he, he really showed where the, where, the, where, the, where the red line is. And, and, and he knows football. This isn't, some, you know, this isn't an idiot who just, you know, who, who just waltzed in because his, you know, this, this guy is, is a football guy. I mean, he, he, he knows tactics. He knows football. And when he goes off like that, then I don't know. I, I don't mm. know. Right. I, I I know you got to run, uh, Eduardo, because you do you got, you got stuff to do. No, 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 no. That's actually been uh, postponed. Oh, I'll explain okay, later. Okay. Well, but no, I was going to actually uh, say about Auxilio was, let's assume, and I actually agree with you. There are loads of chances to still do well, but let's just say Inter Milan don't go on a go on a bad streak. I want to see some unity in the front office. I want to see people talking to the media, people you know, not letting any nonsense leak out. Because what happened with De Boer really sort of shook my faith in um, in Auxilio, if I have to be honest. Uh, Zanetti even more, actually, because Auxilio at least does something. Auxilio, Gardini, those people had roles. I'm not quite sure what Zanetti does at Inter, a legend as he is. Um, yeah, and there was sort of, there seemed to be, at least under De Boer, there seemed to be these enormous fractions between, you had a sort of Marathi group, you had a sort of Indonesian group, the Chinese, and then you had Auxilio, Zanetti, Gardini. So I have a pre- I'm a little bit worried about that as well. Have the winds been papering over these cracks? Or has Steven Zhang, and I think the Zhang family, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Zhang family has to an extent done this by getting rid of Bolingbroke and re- reducing sort of Tohir's power. But I'm not saying I'm, pr- well, I'm, I'm obviously getting more defeats would not be uh, conducive to anything, but it may help us actually work out if this interclub is more solid than we thought, or that it used to be anyway. Well, the summer will, definitely, especially if Simeone does actually um, well, free himself of his Atletico deal. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a very, that's a very interesting point. That's a very interesting point. Uh, but um, uh, I was going to say, should we, should, should, before, we, before we move on, 
Um, who do you think uh, some printer voter, uh, readers uh, voted as Inter's man of the match? Max? Yeah, Cardi or Perisic? Uh, Mo? I'd say Cardi. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Controversial. I may plump for... Uh, no, no, I know that's too controversial. Okay, no, I'm probably going to go for um, I'm probably going to go for Handanovic because he did make a couple of really good saves. I think the second goal was he could have gotten a hand to it if maybe not saved it, but I still thought wasn't really his fault that he was put in those positions. Put it that way. Um, it was very tight. It was very tight. But he kind of did one, twenty-two point, twenty-three percent. Second was actually Condogbia with sixteen percent. And third was Gagliardini with 13.8%. That's so why I first first oh. Gagliardini, because it, <laughs> when he passes in midfield, it comes alive a little bit more. And I read a great article by Alberto Di Vita who was saying, well, actually, this 3.41 makes everyone play worse. And I thought, actually, number one on that list is Candreva, and number two is Gagliardini, because Gagliardini does much more dirty work in this formation. And I still thought his, his, shy, his passing kind of shined through. Like, the goal we scored owed a lot to him. A really, there was one moment where he came up with this insanely clever pass. In the moment when the, the midfields are locked in battle without anything really happening, he found this one pass to Kondogbia that sort of spun, so as to be able to let the Frenchman run onto the ball and get rid of his marker. I don't know, there were moments like that that you thought, oh, this kid's got so much potential. At the same time, he did kind of get mugged for the first goal. So, yeah. True, true. Right, uh, I think... Uh we, we, I think let's, we've got to move on, otherwise we'll be discussing this match yeah. for like three hours. <laughs> that was therapeutic, uh, though. Okay. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Thanks, guys. I needed to. I was, I was oh, my God. I, I, I rarely lose my rag, but I, I, I lost my, I really lost my, as I said, I'm calm today, okay? <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on to uh, the upcoming match where we play a Cagliari away at the Sant'Elia. In one of uh, this is where you know one thing, however, that Pioli said that after the match, which I think is the only thing he got right for the past 24 hours, was his comment where he said, "Now we have to show what this what this team is made of, moving onwards." And I agree because Cagliari away, um, Atalanta at home, and Torino away before the international break, that is where Inter need to show if they're the real deal or. If they're not, because as you guys pointed out, nine wins out of 11 is, is, is very good. But if Inter can get seven to nine points from these three games, then, then I'll gladly admit I was wrong. And I'll gladly accept losing to Milan, Juve and Roma every year, as long as we keep winning every single other match. You know what I mean? And then we don't draw. I have no problems with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least not for now. I, don't, I hate losing derbies, and especially against the fucking gobby. Right, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but like, going into this match, I mean, how is, is this the import, most important match under Pioli? Do you, what do you think, uh, uh, Max? Did you agree? Oh, yeah, I agree totally, especially uh, since what happened earlier in the season, uh, the 2-1 loss to Cagliari. Um, I think that was the beginning of the end for for the boar. Um, Icardi was missing that, the Icardi was, missing was that, the penalty and then jeering the crowd jeering like oh I'm, I'm on a revenge tour. I'm on a revenge tour. I want to avenge that earlier loss. That was the lowest point <laughs> of the season for me. I was gonna ask was that the match where Condogbia was substituted after 15 minutes or something? 
And I think I think uh, DeBoer said he doesn't follow instructions, simple instructions. And then it's like, oh, there he's going to the Premier League on loan in January. And then, yeah, that's the match. So, so seeing as how far we've come from that point, I mean, I, I'm pretty pleased. But yeah, um, the next game of the season is always the most important, and uh, we need to we need to answer with with a big victory um seeing as what happened in the first match against Cagliari and seeing what happened against Roma it's three points or bust here if we don't get three points i think i'm not saying Pioli goes on the hot seat but i mean questions are going to be asked for sure do you so i i, I got a building a little bit on that point that you said earlier Eduardo about Auxilio and and how he goes out and Himenzanetti you know just confirmed the poor I don't know if you guys remember, but do you guys remember? I think it was four or five days before Mazzari was sacked. Uh, when when uh, Auxilio went out and said, yeah. when he was asked about, um, when, when he was asked on live TV what he thinks about Mazzari and how if Mazzari's uh, position at Inter is, is, is at risk. And he goes, no, we need 11 Mazzaris on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Do we need 11 Mazzaris <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we need 11 Piolis on the pitch against Cagliari? Eduardo, what do you think? Well, 11 Piolis wouldn't do too badly, actually. They'd defend the absolute bejesus out of your opponent. I mean, he was quite the, quite the gritty player, wasn't he? But um, especially 11 Mazzaris, man. Imagine the complaining. <laughs> that man. That, and it, it's amazing. Like, people still can't take him seriously. People in Italy were finding it hilarious that... His Watford team have beaten Arsenal. They were just like, this is so funny because this man in Italy is... I almost think that obviously us Interisti utterly loathe him and he's probably not as bad as we... Anyway, no, 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 no. This is for another time. I'm not going to get Mazzari... Yeah, let's talk, yeah well, let's talk about Mazzari some other time. <laughs> yeah, but I actually don't think he's as bad as, as advertised. But, you know, but he was still pretty poor. Um... As far as uh, what um, what Max was saying, yeah, the next game is always the most important game. I do find that, yeah, the City A is still a little bit weakened because I was expecting a lot more from Torino. And the fact that we're going um, away to the Olimpico doesn't scare me that much, uh, especially with their sort of leaky defense. And I'm kind of watching them play Fiorentina right now. And Arlinda Yeti looks like he's a complete disaster. He's missed so many. And the Piscata game in which he scored, he was then arguably responsible for all three goals, but Delfino that scored so I don't know there's a lot of weakness in the city yeah. for me the most important game maybe not for Inter but for Pioli is the Napoli one because there it's the one where we have to prove that we can play big sides um, in, in, you know, in this league because even Fiorentina arguably don't count as that although I believe we're still due a visit to the Frankie that will be interesting those big ones they're the ones where can we sort of face coaches with a certain nous although people would maybe deny that Souza is actually even that good a coach but um yeah, it's it's a bit of a sticky one because Napoli actually managed 83 points in the last calendar year. We were something in the level of 55, 58. Jesus Christ, that's so depressing. Roma had 87. It's a stat that I've wheeled out, I think, in one article too many, if I have to be very honest with you. Juve were in the <laughs> top 90s. Uh, and then, and I think actually Roma 87 was, yeah, somewhere in the sort of Real Madrid, Barcelona ballpark. It's really scary. These teams have stopped... Roma have never lost a game, a Serie A game at home under Spalletti, and this Atalanta result was a bit of a surprise for me, but Napoli is still rather solid. They'll tend to murder an opponent every now and then. They've been a bit more clinical as well, actually. That's what kind of worries me a little bit about this third placing. 
And my latest ESPN article is kind of going to bear that out a little bit, I think. And Mo, in an ideal world, if 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 you got to, you know, if you got to, if you got your wish come true, what do you want to see on Sunday against Cagliari? How do you want Inter to behave? Uh, you know, we've been talking about this, and it's the same the same uh, record that I'll be playing from uh, the last uh, few times, especially after the Juve game. You know, uh, professional, strong, physical, fast, tactical, uh, game behind us, go in, get get it done, three points, and fly back to Milan. So you know, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see uh, I want to see I want to I want to see the same team that we've been seeing. Outside of the few games uh, against uh, the top teams, I want to see uh, the dominant Inter that uh, that plays well. I want to see Perisic and Candreva playing on the wings. I want to see Icardi score a goal. I want to see Gallardini and Condogbi in the in the center of the uh, of uh, the midfield uh, doing the fantastic work they've been do- they've been doing together. And I want to see uh, Miranda back uh, commanding the defense. So, so you want to see a four-man defense? Like yeah. Two, two, three, one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. I was just going to ask you guys. Let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's bring it back. I agree. Well, if we predict the game, if we predict the goal scorers and results, what do you say, Mo? What do you What do you predict? I think a clean sheet and two goals, Icardi and uh, let's say Perisic. I can live with that, Max. Uh we're out for blood. Three nothing. Uh, brace from Icardi, <laughs> one from Perisic. Oh, you, 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 I thought I was a bit aggressive, but you've been talking Avengers and you want blood. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like that. I like that. that. Yeah, I'm in a feisty mood it. today, Nima. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, that Swedish know. beer, huh? <laughs> it's you Swedish got... beer and angry Swedish guy screaming at you for the past hour. <laughs> you got that. Oh, God. Eduardo, what do you want to see? Uh, sorry, what, what result do you, what, what do you predict? Maybe something more like 3-1, because I think Borriello has the very irritating habit of scoring goals when he shouldn't be scoring <laughs> goals. As much as I've actually kind of enjoyed his, his you know, resurgent season, he, yeah, he's going to be annoying like that. I was expecting him to do the same thing against Roma, and I was wrong. But, uh, um, yeah, maybe him and then Icardi, because once he gets on a streak, I think it's hard to get him off one. He'll score for four or five games in a row, or at least four or five games in a sort of six to seven game period. And then, yeah, Perisic, I think, is a really strong shout. And if we bring back 4-2-3-1, then I think Igalia is going to get in there because he's actually been a permanent goal threat, except for the last two games, where this 3-4-2-1 yeah. is kind of blunting his, um, yeah, blunting his edge a little bit. I think we're going to win 2-1. Two, two I think Borrello's going to definitely score. because he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's And also, uh, he's, he's, he's looking really fit. For the, like this, see, I can't even remember the last time he looked so physically fit. Like he, he looks like he's really enjoying life uh, in Sardinia. And hell, to be honest, who the hell wouldn't live in Sardinia? Oh. I mean, it's heaven on earth. So no, I, I think you're right. I think um, you know what I'm going to say. Gagliardini and Condogbia are going to score the goals. Two wow, midfield the goals. And I think Borriello is going to win. And, and and I can really recommend you guys to follow Borriello on Instagram because yes. He, it's it's so funny. <laughs> really? And the way he, yeah, yes. the way he t- the way he talks about his and this is and this is a direct quote. My friends, my Ibiza friends. He calls them his Ibiza friends, and it's like <laughs> this fashion designer, this fifty-five-year-old Italian uh, um, like fashion designer whose name is Vecchi. Vecchi. 
Yeah, I, I can't. I think so. I can't. Remember. Yeah. And, and this guy is about. He look. He's like the most physically fit person. He looks like he should be. He should. Looks like he should be on like Mr. Olympia or something. And then the rest of them and these these pictures they put out from the boat. Where yes. Those, and, and and he refers to them as his Ibiza friends. Believe me, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> it's like Borrello's 38 going on 16. And it's really, really funny. <laughs> so I, I can really recommend recommend oh, yeah. what, 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 <laughs> oh, but it's really is. It's really 16-year-old boy, boy, girl on their first uh, holiday abroad without their parents. You know what I mean? It's really, really funny. Uh, I, 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 that's the thing. Is like in defense of social media, I, like, us as journalists, we obviously love it. But I think Instagram in particular has allowed us to discover exactly to what extent <laughs> these people are lunatics. And I actually love them more for it. Borrello and Didi had a bet which I think now Vieri has to pay up. I can't remember what it was, if it was the total amount of goals or appearances. Because, yeah. yeah, last time Vieri was saying, mate, you're a complete wreck. You and your Ibiza friends. There's no way you're suiting up for the season. <laughs> and now he's actually one of the sort of pleasant surprises. Matri has shown incredible levels of ignoranza, as have especially <laughs> Papu Gomez and, um, and Petania. Petania is basically my hero. Him and Papu have been just like exchanging the most insane i mean you guys have seen it they have like a oh what is it from that wayans film basically uh yeah. the sort of pitania is a tall guy and then papu gomez is the baby that he's carrying in front of him it's so insane huh? it's... now i can really recommend following these people on instagram yes. and, and 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 also i gotta give it when it comes to insane people on instagram you gotta give a special shout out to emma brozovic <laughs> 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 Marcelo Brozovic, Marcelo Brozovic's sister. Yes. It's like, oh, I, it, it's funny. It's 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 like, it makes it makes me wanna like I'm a, you know I I feel like a, I'm a, like nine hundred year old man when it compares to these people. They're absolutely insane. It's really really entertaining. Right, and let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute as well as rip the piss out of something. Um, starting with the frog of the week with Mr. Max Deluca. Usually we take a little humorous bent uh, for the Frog of the Week, but uh, we're going to go on a more serious tone here. Um, the Frog of the Week uh, this week is Rye International. Um, it's the only channel in uh, Canada, one of the only channels in North America where you can watch uh, most of the Serie A games. But uh, their picture and audio quality and sound quality, it, it reminds you of, uh, do you guys remember the old Commodore 64? Uh, the graphics. Uh, I, I, I kid you not. It's as bad as that. Sometimes they don't show replays. Sometimes there's no sound in the stadium, and it's just the announcer talking. And you know he's not even in Italy. He's just in some studio. Um, yeah. It, is, it, is it in is it in English or Italian? It's in Italian. Okay. Is, I I just wondered who that guy is. You know the guy who says wonderful Catania accent. Because <laughs> 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 that, that guy is my hero. Okay, I'm on it, Nima. I'll try and find an answer for you in the next by the next uh, podcast. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a hero. <laughs> but all the players they have fuzzy faces, like you know, uh, <laughs> like the old video games when the player that has the ball they light up and they illuminate. That's what every player looks like <laughs> on the field. Like, it's terrible. It's done on purpose for image rights reasons. I don't know, this, man. It's complicated. This, this is 2017. There's no reason. Like, the worst stream on, like, AD, TAG, whatever, is better quality than, than Ryan International. And it doesn't come with any of the packages, so you have to pay extra a month. 
So oh, you're kidding. Yeah. You have to pay extra to yeah. have it. You have to pay extra to have it, and the quality is, like I said, it makes the Commodore 64 look like virtual reality. Wow. Like, it is insane. It's embarrassing, but they're the only game in town, so they don't care. So um, you figure they want to promote the Serie A in, in, in Canada and North America, big market, very multicultural uh, country. Uh, a lot of immigrants who love their football, love their culture, and we just, yeah, it's a ripoff, and it's embarrassing. But what do you have to be in sports? Yeah, we can get being sports. Again, it comes separate too, but they don't always show the games. They, they ah. It seems like they have a preference for for uh, the La Liga games, and sometimes they'll show, like, if Inter plays at uh, 2.45 my time, Eastern Standard Time, they won't show it until 5 o'clock. They don't show the games live. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that's – but, right, they, they show almost every game. They show, like, five, six games a weekend, but the picture quality is terrible. I do have a – Oh, sorry, sorry. I do have an honorable mention. Um, Diego Parati's shitty neck tattoo. Yes! Um, oh, it's that's so a, horrible. That's like, doesn't he have a loved one in his life or a significant <laughs> other or a friend that would have stopped him when he, yeah, I think it's a good <laughs> idea to put a big soccer ball in soccer boot. You know, I see those keychains in like the front mirror of cars, like the soccer ball and the soccer shoes. They don't belong in your neck. Like. They don't belong on your neck. So, honorable mention. You're completely right. His neck tattoo. tattoo, Whenever I see it, I just I I think of Eminem's movie Eight Mile. (laughs) I just feel like it should be. I mean, he should be. His name should be Billy Bob, and he should be seated in front of a trailer with a lot of teeth broken up at the gum line. Hitting his kids. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying, you know, oh no, it's just, it's just, it's so ugly. It's so damn ugly. Nengol, say, oh, yeah, Nangolan can rock the neck tattoo properly, but uh, Parati not so much. Agree. agree. Completely agree. 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 No, but I gotta say that when it comes to the Rye thing, I've heard that from other people who live in Canada. Actually, a, a, a friend of mine, Rocco, he started a. Um, I don't know if it's still going, but he started like a like a petition, online petition. Oh yeah. yeah? Peti- yeah, to petition Rye International to stop with the shitty quality. It's that bad, seriously. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I, I shit you not. I remember him saying that. I'm going to actually <laughs> do some research for next week, and if that petition is still up there, I'll, I'll put it into the problem. Because, I, I mean, I didn't know it was that bad. He didn't explain it to me as, 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 as using that much picture. It's <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> She's Commodore 64. That's brilliant. I'm going to bring out my old Nintendo 8-bit and start playing like Ice Climber tonight. <laughs> right. Uh, on that note, let's move to something a bit more positive. Uh, this week's uh, Morassi with Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh my God! He is beautiful! He is beautiful! Yeah! Yeah, my Marathi of the week uh, this week has got to be the crowd at the Miazza yesterday. Uh, the atmosphere seemed fantastic. It made me really, really wish to have had been there. And more importantly, I think, uh, unlike you know a couple of seasons ago, a couple of goals down, booze, uh, or uh, you know you get the players edgy. You felt that even though the stadium might have been quiet at some point in time. The, the the fans were still behind the team and when the Icardi goal went in the whole stadium erupted again and so props to uh, props to Inter props to the supporters props to the Curva for 
for really uh, standing behind the team and making it uh, seem very special yesterday. Agree, agree. It was so nice to see the San Siro so light up like magically again for a game that's not the derby or not against Juventus. And although you know the result wasn't, it all went pear shaped. But you're absolutely right. I thought the I thought the crowd in the San Siro was just magical. Well said, guys. Agreed. Right. Uh, on that happy note, I'm gonna ruin it by presenting the emoji. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you should, uh, Nima. You're already in a high professional. <laughs> Seriously, you know. I'm concerned for your health more than anything else. Oh God! Um, <laughs> this week's emoji, which I'll be presenting myself. We've already mentioned this uh, a little bit, but I, I just feel I need to reiterate this. It's not if it's not Tagliavento, it's the clown named Rocky. If it's not Rocky, it's the idiot named Rizzoli. If it's not Rizzoli, it's a moron named Luca Banti. I mean, enough already. Yes, the level of Italian, uh, the level of Serie A referees are poor, but the this this nonsense that is going on against I mean I think we can just summarize it with what you said Inter have not had a penalty since November 6th and in that period Inter have won 12 games 10 11 11 games so enough already all we want all I want is to be treated fairly and the fact that one has to describe one has to defend that position is bizarre so for me, once again, the Italian, the Serie A referees and the people who defend their mistakes and the enablers, as I call them, for me, are just like Moji, this week's Moji. That was calm. That was calm. Yeah, you well, kept you cool. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, I've, I've been on a, a one-hour rant, so I'm running out of steam now. <laughs> right uh, with that uh, I'd like to thank Eduardo for listening to me bitch and moan for about an hour mate so I needed it I've run out of booze at home and in fact I <laughs> ran out I was at a volleyball tournament all of Saturday so I didn't shop for booze and on the Sunday I was in an absolute state and then I had to watch that <laughs> I was still hungover at like you know 1945 GMT and I had to watch that without alcohol in my house it was absolutely horrifying it was it was it was it was actually confounding and it was the following day that the anger truly came out but yes thank you once again it's been a true privilege I've loved it uh, I'd also like to thank Max DeLuca and Mr. The, the, the new fan the new biggest fan of Swedish beer Yes, it was it was excellent. Uh, new fan of Swedish beer. I'm about to draft up my first uh, newsletter for the Canadian April Summers fan club. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, always a pleasure, guys. Love it. <laughs> and also Mo Nasser, who I want to thank Mohammed, who now will probably get a visit from the CIA thanks to me <laughs> mentioning of Arabs and Americans and bombing in the same sentence. I hope your wife forgives you for you shipped off to Guantanamo. <laughs> you're doing it again, Nima. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you were the other thing. Guantanamo. 
absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. It's a good one to seek. That was a good one. And as always, my name is Nima Tavale Rutsari, and I'm your host. And until next week, sempre e solo, forza Inter.